Thanks for joining us on episode 1206 of the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. I'm Grant Botma. I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to find work-life harmony is key. And one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this, the Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend, Scott Mater. It's fun and nice to read a book or listen to a podcast or listen to a sermon where it's all about a, a paradigm shift. That's great. Changed my mindset. But I like the action steps. I like being able to finish a chapter or finish a section and do a thing right then and there if I can. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. In today's interview with Grant Botma, I asked Grant to share with you his belief in stewardship. I also asked Grant why harmony is so important, not just for employees, but for the business owners and the business itself. I also asked Grant why he has a place in his book for rebuttals and arguments. One reason I like to bring you great interviews like the one you're going to hear today is because of the power in learning from others. Another great way to learn from others is through reading books. But if you're like most people today, you find it hard to find the time to sit down and read. And that's why today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Go to inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to sign up and you can get a 30-day free trial. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. And instead of reading, you can listen your way to learn from some of the greatest minds out there. That's inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to get your free trial and listen to great books the same way you're listening to this podcast. Grant Botma is a husband, father, and Arizona native who has worked in the personal finance industry since the age of 15. He took a stand against financial injustice by forming Stewardship, a group of companies serving his community with wisdom and love through home loans, insurance, and investments. Included twice on the Inc. 5000 list of America's fastest growing companies, Stewardship's success stems from Grant's personal philosophy of harmonizing work and family life. He is a business owner, best-selling author, keynote speaker, and family man who is on a mission to love others. Welcome to the show, Grant. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's going to be fun. So, Grant, I my brand is Inspired Stewardship. And ironically, I found out after we started talking that your brand is around stewardship as well. Yeah. And it's one of those words that I use a lot. I run a, a, my life through it. It sounds like it's an important one to you. But I've also discovered over the years that when I use that word, different people hear different things and think yes. different things. So for you, what does the word stewardship mean and why has that shown up in your life? What has its impact been on you? Yeah, the word stewardship to me means another building campaign at church. No, just kidding. But that's what a lot of people <laughs> no, think that's about. What I, yeah, yeah right. and, and a lot of people associate that word stewardship with church. But the history of the word really has nothing to do with church. 
uh, that word stewardship isn't really in any of the original languages or in scripture. Now, the theme is in scripture all over the place, but that actual word isn't anywhere in there. Um, stewardship originated, that word originated from the time with lords and ladies and kings and queens. In a castle or in a township, there was always a steward. And the steward's job was to make sure that all the things, all the assets, all the grain, all the food, all the money, all the things were being managed well so that everybody could get the most of them. The steward, by nature, had to be very wise, but also extremely selfless. And to me, that's what God is asking us to do in our lives. We are entrusted with things. So how can we leave them better than we found them? How can we make the most of them? And not make the most of them for us, but make the most of them for everybody else in our castle or in our town, the same way that the steward did for their castle and their town. So why did you name your business Stewardship? It sounded better than God's Love Finance, and I just thought it was uh, cool and nice. Yeah, just really aligned with what stewardship is. I'm on a mission in my life to love people. If you go back to the most important thing said by the most important human being of all time, my guess is going to be that would be Jesus. And Jesus knew that right before he ascended into heaven, after he rose from the grave, that he was probably going to say something profound. Scott, if you knew that you were going to say goodbye to everyone in the world within the next five minutes, you'd probably try to say the most profound thing possible. So when we look in scripture, what he says before he ascends into heaven is what the Bible has determined as the Great Commission. Us as Christians, evangelicals have called it the Great Commission. So if you look at the Great Commission, I try to identify, okay, what's the most important word said and maybe the most important thing said by the most important person ever? What do you think is the most important word in the Great Commission, which is go making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? What do you think is the most important word in that statement, Scott? For me, it's go. Yeah. There are a lot of people say go because it's an action word, right? And some people say baptize. Some people say disciple. If I go back to my seventh grade teacher, Miss Clom Parents, she had the beehive and the wingtip eyeglasses <laughs> and would whack you with a ruler if you fell out of line. She taught us how to dissect sentences. In seventh grade, Scott, this was a waste of time, I thought to myself. But she taught me how to figure out what the subject of a word is or a sentence is. Because without the subject, it's not a complete thought. The subject, when you dissect the Great Commission, is the word them. Who are you going to? Them. Who are you discipling? Them. Who are you baptizing? Them. Them is also what Jesus made his whole life about. So to me, that's what I believe our life should be about. And what should we do with them? We should love them, just as Jesus loved us. So that's the mission that I have in life. And as I evaluate my life and I see that God has put them in my life, I have to be good steward of those relationships. I need to leave them better than I found them. I need to make sure that they are in a better place than when they first came to me. And that's what stewardship is to me. And that's why I have to focus on it. So when it came down to coming up with a name, I wanted to make sure that the name of my business and that word associated tightly with things that were important to me and the purpose in my life. That's that it, I came to that word pretty late in, in my relationship, but I feel the same way around it. it. To me, it's a word that makes it easy to keep the focus. It's not all about me, <laughs> so mm. to speak. 
if that makes sense. So I resonate with what you just said. So in the book, I, I talk a lot about influencing others. And something struck me as I was going through the book is you have sections in there on rebuttals and you have places in there for people to take notes, you have quick wins or practical tips for folks to do. Why did you choose to structure the book this way? So I read or rather I listen to a lot of books. I'm a big audiobook guy. And I really enjoy consuming knowledge and consuming information. I'll go to a lot of different conferences and listen to other people speak. And I just took the things that I like from content that I'm absorbing and make sure that I gave that in the content that I'm creating. It's fun and nice to read a book or listen to a podcast or listen to a sermon where it's all about a a paradigm shift. That's great. Change my mindset. But I like the action steps. I like being able to finish a chapter or finish a section and do a thing right then and there if I can. You know, I was that kid in high school that finished my homework before class was over. I like taking action right away. And I want to encourage that in the readers. Yeah, we're going to talk about mindsets and do a paradigm shift for sure. And as we're going through that mindset and that paradigm shift, I'm going to do my best to answer any questions they may be thinking as they're reading it, the rebuttals, so that the paradigm shift sticks and it becomes their own and they continue to flesh it out in their own mind. But I also give an opportunity for an action step, something quick that they can do right then and there after they're done with the chapter to experience a win from that paradigm shift that was just talked about. So then not only were they able to flesh it out through these rebuttals, but they were able to take action on it and now make it potentially a habit in their life or experience the truth of what was talked about in the previous chapter. So yeah, I just thought, man, how can I make this book as impactful as possible? Sure. We're going to talk about mindset shifts. We're going to talk about frequently asked questions and rebuttals they have, give them an opportunity to write down some notes and thoughts as they were going through it personally in their life, but give them an opportunity to apply as well. So with that in mind, if you had to give the listeners right now, somebody who's listening and is hearing some of this and is, uh, work like harmony sounds good, but I have no idea where to start. What practical tip or what advice would you have for them to get started? Yeah, I'm going to give them two. The first one is a quick win, something simple and easy that they can do tonight if they wanted to experience some work-life harmony. One of the areas and reasons why we want work-life harmony is we want a better connection with our children. And our children, they want to be pursued by us. Excuse me. And what we do is a thing called one kid up. So my wife and I, we put two of our children in their rooms early and say, hey, you guys got to stay there. And we let one of our children stay up with us. And it's just special time that they get with mom and dad. And we might use this time to have some intentional conversations with them talk to them about sex and drugs or different things going on in the world. But most of the time, we're just playing a game or watching their favorite YouTube channel or eating a snack or dessert together. The bottom line is that Jody and I, my wife and I are are pursuing them and that when that time is over, they feel loved. And this has been one of the better things that we've been able to implement. And we make a rhythm in our week that we do have one kid up every week and each kid gets a turn. And our kids love it so much that if we ever skip it, they're like, hey, what about one kid up this week? You know? 
They love it like crazy. They call you out on it, huh? Yeah. Oh my goodness, they do. And but here's the cool part about it, Scott. One kid up does not require any extra time from you. Mm-hmm. Because if your normal bedtime with your kids say is nine o'clock, you just put the other ones in bed, say eight thirty, and you can get that half hour extra time with that kid, the one kid up. You don't have to set aside three hours and plan this big old conglomerate and party or whatever. Just be with them. I just put my phone away. I don't work any extra that half hour. And it's just focused time and attention, either snuggling up with them, looking them in the eye, listening to them, talking to them. It's huge. That right there has created a lot more connection and even more harmony between me and my wife and our children. So there's one quick win that that you guys can all try tonight. Now, big picture, it has to do with this. Imagine, Scott, that I asked you to sing a note and you started singing and you were doing it because you care about me and you love me and you were singing and you were singing and you were singing, but eventually you stopped singing the note. And as soon as you stopped, I would say, Scott, what did you stop for? I needed you to sing that note. And then you would look at me and say, you never told me how long to sing it for. That's what we do to our wife and to our kids when we're working, especially if we're working in busy seasons. So one of the things that is absolutely pivotal in our work-life harmony is this thing called an ideal year calendar. This is not where we take specific dates of where we're going to be and what we're going to do, but it's a 30,000 foot view, big picture idea of this is what's going to be happening around this time of year during these weeks or during these months. And one of the things that we absolutely communicate is when we're in our busy seasons. Scott, I'm in a busy season right now and my family knows it. But because I've told them, hey guys, I'm going to need you to sing this note. I'm actually going to need you to sing it this long. And when we're done, when you're done singing that note, I'm going to share with you and we're going to celebrate one, that you were able to sing that note and support me, but also what I was able to do in that busy season and the impact that was made on real people. And we're going to celebrate together. It's the expectation management because of the ideal year. We outline when busy seasons are going to happen. We're going to celebrate those busy seasons before, after, and we're going to prepare for those busy seasons beforehand together as a family. And there's various other things that you need to do in that ideal year calendar to help make sure that it all comes together and your year is lived out the best way possible. But it has a lot to do with that expectation management If I want harmony and we're all going to sing different notes, I have to tell people when to sing, but I also have to tell them how long. And I got to love them and support them as they're singing it and celebrate when they're finished. And I would assume that you're also looking in there, where are where are the kids' busy seasons? <laughs> where is you got the, it. You know, the wife's busy season? You um, got it. And looking for alignment between those as well, because if you and your wife both have a really busy season at the same time, that's going to put a different spin on the kiddos too. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. Not only does it put a different spin, but it also adds stress to your entire family and to your entire life. And if every, if a couple of people are in a busy seasons together, it's hard. But if everybody knows that ahead of time, that we're going to be in busy seasons together, you can do some things intentionally beforehand, during, and even after to help make those dual busy seasons better. And you can balance it more. You can follow Grant on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn as Grant Botma. 
That's spelled B-O-T-M-A. Of course, I'll have links to all of those over in the show notes as well. Grant, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener? Yeah, do your best to love others in your life. And do that by genuinely putting yourself in other people's shoes. Figure out what their needs are. See how you can serve them. And just take one small, actionable, intentional thing from this podcast and try it today. Don't feel like you have to discover or figure out this work-life harmony journey in one day. It has been a journey for me and my wife, and I've made many mistakes along the way. But just something small, something different that you can do today and see if you can build on that every day throughout the rest of the show. Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor. Go over to inspiredstewardship.com slash iTunes rate, all one word iTunes rate. It'll take you through how to leave a rating and review and how to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get every episode as it comes out in your feed. Until next time, invest your time, your talent, and your treasures, develop your influence, and impact the world.